On this episode of the Breaking the Game podcast, I am rejoined by co-host Austin Carr, and we get into the breaking news that came out right before we recorded, which was the all-star starters for both conferences. We talk about the Draymond Green comments. We talk about players sitting out due to teams trying to negotiate trades or buyouts for them. And then we get into our pass or shoot segment where we talk about Anthony Davis sitting, the Utah Jazz and how they're doing, and whether or not the Boston Celtics should panic. You're not going to want to miss this episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll be right back after this break. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Breaking the Game show here on the Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio. I'm Stephen Gillespie, and joining me is my awesome co-host, Austin Carr. Austin, what's up, brother? Not much, Stephen. I'm happy to be back on the show. I'm ready ready for tonight's episode. We've got some, some big news to start us off, so I'm excited to get going with you. Yeah, absolutely. We had a little bit of technical difficulties getting this show going, but for those who are tuning back in from our first attempt, appreciate you putting up with us and tolerating us. For those of you tuning in for the first time, as always, appreciate and love the support that we're getting. But Austin, you alluded to that big news that we had right before we came on to the show. And, you know, I talked about it the first time. I'll talk about it again. Mm-hmm. NBA fans, love y'all. Y'all are the best. Y'all are the reason why we do what we do here on the show. But my goodness, sometimes, you guys, I don't understand you. And Austin, right now, what I'm talking about is the all-star starters that were announced for the East and Western conferences were both announced. Sean Sharani had dropped that right before we came on the show. And a couple of head scratchers for me, man. I don't know how you felt about it. Well, not necessarily head scratchers as so much. I, I get what you're saying. You know, obviously, you know, one of the one of the big ones you're talking about is Luka Doncic getting voted in over a guy like Damian Lillard, which yeah. I, I I get you. I, I totally see where you're coming from. I actually agree with you. I, he was he's definitely got my vote as a starter more than once so i think it's just a this is a prime example of of media kind of pushing the narrative and this kind of thing to to a certain extent i mean think about how much you've heard talked about the dallas mavericks and luka Doncic this year versus how much you've heard about the portland trailblazers just even casual fans that just you know kind of keep up with the headlines you wouldn't have heard a whole lot about damian lillard Meanwhile, he's busy having you know a ridiculous season, so it doesn't make sense. But at the same time, this is kind of what happens when you let fans vote. So, yeah, and we've we've talked about that with the number of guests that we've had here on the show, and uh, but we we all kind of agree that we don't really get upset at the players when they feel some type of way with the fan results because they're so heavily weighted. And I get the context and the and the the reasoning behind that. You know, we want people to have an opinion. We want fans to kind of have a say in what we do and you know, the way that the NBA works and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, guys' pocketbooks are affected by this too. And I I know that I'm not going to get a lot of sympathy out of people over millionaires losing a little bit of money, but still at the end of the day, it's their livelihood, it's their job. And we do have a say in the overall outcome of, you know, their financial abilities, right? Right, for sure. It, it is something that can affect, you know, future contracts. It can affect endorsements. It can affect, you know, affect if there's, you know, kickers in their contract that says, hey, if you make the all-star starters this many times, you know, you get this extra bonus. So it, it does matter. And it's also just a, a matter of, of respect and reputation. Like these guys, you know, this the kind of stuff means a lot to them. And Damian Lillard kind of comes off as someone that this means a lot to more than most, even maybe so just his kind of getting his recognition that he, he deserves is you can, you can tell just from the way he carries himself and the way he talks in interviews, he doesn't always feel like he's as respected and as he should be maybe in in certain NBA circles. So it, it does bother me just for the simple fact that you have so many, you know, things that this affects for their real life career. Meanwhile, like you see fans, all all day long, all week long for the past month almost, you know, voting voting just the, the starting five of their home team into the starting five of the all-star game. So they don't enough too many people don't take it serious enough and don't really think about the the actual, you know, ramifications of this kind of stuff. So I I, I don't really like that the the fan voting gets to, you know, pick the whole starting five for both sides, but we've talked about that before. Yeah, absolutely. And 
Austin, I would almost push back a little bit that they do. I mean, we live in the trolling era, right? Like that's a mm-hmm. real prevalent uh, philosophy for some people who log on the computers and, you know, right. have some sort of say, like people think, ah, it's no big deal. But like we mentioned earlier, there are implications, but let's talk a little bit about who the starters are, right? So in the, mm-hmm. the Western Conference, the starters were named Steph Curry, which I think that we both agree deserves to be a starter. Luka right. Doncic, I think we both agree should be on the team. We just felt mm-hmm. that Damian Lillard was more deserving. LeBron James, he's been named the captain. Obviously, he's having a heck of a season, MVP worthy in a lot of people's eyes. Kawhi mm-hmm. Leonard quietly leading the um, LA Clippers in a in a season that I wish that would matter to a lot of other people, but unfortunately, it just doesn't work that way for a lot of NBA fans either. But he's mm-hmm. getting the nod as the starter. And then Nikola Jokic, who could be the first center ever to average a triple-double, which is an incredible feat right. itself. So, Austin, that those are the starters. Outside of Luka Doncic, I feel like we largely agree on who deserves to be there, right? Definitely, definitely. I'm I'm 100% okay with all all four of those other guys. You know, Kawhi Leonard is the one that maybe uh, some other people, you know, some fans, there might be a little bit of pushback there, but it's not deserved. You know, he just, like you said, quietly, which is, you know, perfect for a guy like Kawhi because he does everything fairly quietly. You know, the Clippers are... Quietly, are, right? Right, quietly. I like that. Uh-huh. The Clippers yeah. are, are, you know, one of the two or three most dangerous teams in the NBA, and they still... Unfortunately, we live in this society today where, you know, playoffs mean everything. And and once you get to a certain point, you know, if your name's Paul George or if, you're, if your name's Kawhi Leonard or if you're a franchise like the Clippers, if, if nobody's going to care if you finish in first place every year in the regular season if you don't, you know, do it in the playoffs, which I, I think is a little bit of a silly way to think about things because, you know, the regular season matters too. You know, the, the, the stats – for career stats really only actually count regular season stats. So we put, we put all this, you know, stuff on the regular season stats, but then we say, Oh, none of that matters unless you do it in the playoffs. So it just, it's counterintuitive, I think. So, you know, I'm definitely 100% okay with the rest of the starters. Yeah. And that's where I live too. And then in the Eastern conference, also we have Bradley bill, who I think we both agree deserve to be there. Uh, Mm -hmm. Kyrie Irving didn't make, um, are cut to be a starter, I believe, for you as well, right? But right, um, right. was named a starter. And when you look at the stats and everything, obviously he's having a phenomenal season, so mm-hmm. can't really take that away from him. Uh, Kevin Durant, we both agree, deserved to be there. Giannis Antetokounmpo, mm-hmm. we both we both deserve or believe that he deserves to be there. Mm-hmm. And then Joel Embiid, we both believe, you know, should be there as well. And he's got a lot of MVP considerations. I know that you feel that way about him too, right, mm-hmm. Austin? Definitely. You know, I just, I, I think that he's, as he goes, so go the 76ers and they've been in, in first place in the East for a while now. And they, they've shown that, you know, when he's playing at his best, they're, they're pretty hard to beat. They've beat just about any, everybody that they've come up against. And, and Bradley Beal definitely deserved to be, to be where he's at. All these guys do. I mean, to be honest, this is one of the uh, one season where I would say going back to the East versus West might actually really be a good idea. These, at least the starting fives look like they're going to be pretty fun matchup for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And then we know that the rest of the teams are going to come out, the coaches and the, you know, other media personalities are going to have a say in who makes the rest of this roster. And Mm -hmm. we know, unfortunately due to the incredible depth of the NBA, which I never thought I would lead a, uh, a sentence like that, unfortunately, because the league mm-hmm. is so talented, um, there's going to be a lot of snubs, right? And our, our president, Chris LeBron, wrote in and said, MVP, yes. I love that. And then our buddy Robbie said, congrats to Brad B, my guy for his first all-star start, who mm-hmm. should have been in last year. This year, he ran away with the uh, backcourt mm-hmm. votes for the Eastern Conference. And then my beautiful wife, Brianna, says, you're killing it, babe. Proud of you. And I know that she feels the exact same way about you, Austin. Thank you, so, Brianna. Thank you. Yeah, so a lot of encouraging words here for the players and us, and we'll take those whenever mm-hmm. we can get them. But oh, sure. overall, Austin, we know that there's going to be snubs due to the depth of the NBA, and we're going to have that covered as soon as that comes mm-hmm. out. So tune back into us on our Monday show when I'm sure even more news is going to pop out. But Austin, right. let's get back to what we regularly had scheduled for the today's programming, right? And yeah, that is good. we're going to get into the Draymond Green comments. Now, I have the notes here in front of me. I know that you have your notes, and I'm sure by today everybody has heard everything that Draymond Green has mm-hmm. said. So what I would like to do, Austin, is one, what was your initial thought to what Draymond said? Because there was a lot to unpack, 
And then once you started getting into the, you know, piecemealing it, going detail by detail, overall, how did how did this, you know, kind of resonate with you over time from when he said it a few days ago to today? Well, when I first heard about it, I was just a, a little, I guess, taken by surprise. I just didn't know really where it came from. I was trying to figure out what prompted it. And and then I saw, obviously, what was going on with, with certain players getting getting sat and while they, their teams look for you know a trade opportunity for them. And at first, I felt like, you know, oh, this is Draymond being Draymond. You know, he gets fined for comments in the media all the time. He's always been outspoken. And, you know, he's always going to be a player first and foremost. But when I really went back and listened to, to the points that he makes, he, he makes a lot of good points. And the fact is that regardless of how far they've come with collective bargaining and player empowerment and all that, the the – franchises still get different treatment and play by slightly different rules than the players do. I think I, I do think he makes a good point because you can't, you can't sit here on one side and just destroy guys when they, you know, make a scene and, and, and throw a fit to get traded because they, they want to go somewhere, but, at the same time, the team never gets any bad publicity or ever really gets, you know, hammered by the media or by fans when you hear about guys getting finding out they got traded on Twitter or finding out in a group message that they're on a new team or they see it uh, breaking news before they even know. So he makes a lot of good points. The players are still, in my eyes, treated like like a, a product by a lot of the, the franchises in the league. And they it it's baffling just for the simple fact that without these players like that's that's what makes the league you know the the teams the teams anymore to me i feel like there's still a ton of fans that have team loyalty and will always follow their hometown team or whoever they grew up watching but it, it, anymore there's a lot more new fans coming into the game that just like follow certain players more so than a team and i i just don't think you can you can claim, oh, it's a business. There's no loyalty on one side, and then on the other side, expect guys to, you know, live by the letter of the law and and be in great shape all the time, like he said, and have to be 100% professionals when their names out there in the media is, you know, basically saying, you know, this this team doesn't want you anymore, and maybe this other, and then you hear another story, all oh, this trade break broke down because they thought you weren't as valuable as you think you are. And, and so it is a double standard for sure. It It's not something that I, I really felt like was this big, huge clearing issue, but m maybe it is. You know, obviously Draymond knows more about the, the minds of players than we do. So it, it's interesting to hear his comments for sure. Yeah, so upon initial thought, I was just like, man, like Draymond is speaking nothing but truth right now. And, mm -hmm. you know, I was all for everything that he was saying. He was passionate. He had me hooked. And it's funny that whenever you listen to something like that, how poignant it sounds like it could be. And there's a lot of what he said, Austin, that I felt was that was true. But, you know, as as was most most things, right, like as time passes, you, you think about it more, you know, a little bit of clarity can kind of come up. And not that I necessarily disagree that there is a, um, a double standard, as you eloquently put, that players are looked at in a different lens than, than teams are, right? But there's a couple things that he mentioned that I was kind of confused by, right? So um, for one, when he mentioned all these players that were fined and, you know, kind of mistreated, so to speak, with, with trades and whatnot, right? So um, DeMarcus Cousin found out that he was traded after the All-Star game. I, I didn't think that that was right. Harrison Barnes, that too. But I don't believe that those types of situations have happened since then. You know what I mean? Right. So um, when he brings up Andre Drummond, his his case is curi pretty curious, and we're going to talk a little bit more about him later uh, on a different segment. But mm -hmm. uh, from all intents and purposes, and even according to J.B. Bickerstaff, who right now is Andre Drummond's coach, that this is kind of a mutually agreed upon thing. This wasn't something that like Draymond, or mm -hmm. excuse me, that Andre Drummond wanted to come into this game was like, play me and I want to be on this team. They just traded for Jared Allen on a part of four team deal with another player that Draymond Green mentioned with James Harden. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, he's looking to go to a different team that can actually use him because Jared Allen right now is the, is the guy moving forward for the Cavaliers. Right. And, and Amy Bickerstaff actually put out an interview, uh, I believe it was yesterday, said that there's information that not everybody's privy to. Now, that could be true, or that just can be a convenient line that he's saying right now just to kind of get people off of this case. 
whichever way you want to dissect that, I'll leave that up to you. I just want to throw that, you know, out there. But I, what does Draymond want though? Like, what can the league actually do to mm-hmm. fix what Draymond's asking for? Is he asking for fans to be rational because we just let off with the show saying that it, that doesn't really ever happen? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, if you were to remove any biases, any fandom, um, due to the fact that Luka Doncic is about five inches taller than Damian Lillard, I'm sure that helped his voting as well. But mm-hmm. Damian Lillard deserves to be the all-star starter over Luka Doncic. There's no argument that you can present over Damian Lillard. It's just that people like him more, right? So right. that's not fair, but that is what it is. Um, mm-hmm. And a couple other things that Draymond said that I want to get into, um, I, I really loved how he – pointed out the being in shape over and over again, because what's mm-hmm. one thing that Draymond Green has been kind of accused of for right. the latter part of his career is staying not, in shape. Not always being in shape. Right. So I found that to be pretty interesting. Uh, staying professional. I'm sure that Draymond doesn't have a, a problem with players behaving in a professional manner. I just think that he's using that word professional as like you are to behave X mm-hmm. type of way or your career is on the line is what he says. And then out of all these players that he mentioned, whose career has been on the line over any, right. you know, Anthony Davis was traded away and New Orleans got a great haul for him, but Anthony Davis just went on to go get a championship ring and a contract extension. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, right. DeMarcus Cousins was given a chance to do the same thing. His body just didn't hold up. That's no fault of mm-hmm. the organization. Right? right. Harrison Barnes was traded away to a team that actually utilized him a little bit more than where he was at. So, mm-hmm. I mean, none of these players' career was on the line. I think it's more of the reputation that Draymond was pointing at, and I would right. agree with that we, because James Harden, now no one is saying a, a bad word about James Harden because now he's on the team. He mm-hmm. answered everybody's question on whether or not he could take a step back and not be a ball hog and all these other things that everyone was concerned with, and now mm-hmm. he's shutting them up. So now no one is talking about James Harden being out of shape or being a bad teammate or being a cancer in the locker room or any of right. these other things that Draymond Green said in this this rant. So, uh, Austin, anything that I said that maybe you didn't like catch on or something that you didn't really think about in the same light or. No, actually I I really agree with just about everything you're saying. I, I just honestly, my initial thoughts were, I got to go back and and read, you know, re-listen to this and really reread it because I know in my heart that it's sometimes it's hard for me to, to put my feelings for Draymond Green aside sometimes. So I, I, I'm sometimes a little hard on him when when maybe, you know, objectively I shouldn't be. And, and so, like I said, I, I see the the point that he's making, but I agree with you 100%. I've never seen a situation where a guy's career was really on the line because of something where the team decided to to deactivate him to look for a trade. I've never seen a guy who who was a productive, you know, in still physically capable, you know, player in the NBA – get traded and then his career just is derails from there. That's not, that just kind of thing doesn't happen unless there's like you said, an injury or, you know, it's an, uh, an older player on his last leg trying to win a title maybe, but a guy like, like Andre Drummond, which is, is apparently what sparked this for Draymond. He's not yeah. in jeopardy of, of his, of his career being over by any means. And, at the, and also another thing that you brought up that I, I like, I've never heard of a situation where this happens, where the player didn't know it was happening ahead of time where the player was or was like not okay with it. You know what I mean? Like if they're going to get sat down to look for a trade that, you know, Andre Drummond isn't out here saying, I want to play and the team's not letting me. Anthony yeah. Davis wasn't out there saying, I don't want to, I want to play and the team's not letting me. It's usually, you know, I want to do everything I can to figure out how to rectify this and get this over with and get this trade done if we're doing it. So it, it is a little melodramatic the way he, he put some of it, which I think is always something you can kind of expect from Draymond. And, and two, you know, he's still got issues with certain fines and probably suspensions and things that he's had to deal with, with the you know, NBA front office too. So he's going to use every chance he gets. And then, and then also too, it, it did, from the very beginning, I just kind of felt like, well, Draymond hadn't been in the news a whole lot lately, and and he needed, you know, to make some kind of waves about something, and he kind of just sometimes he seems like he just gets bored and, and wants to be, you know, in the in the news headlines. I guess I don't know. So I, I see what he's saying, but I'm with you 100. percent Like I, I don't think it's nearly as as you know career threatening or or player you know legacy defining as he's trying to make it out to be. 
Yeah, and, and that's where I separated from Draymond on that aspect. Now, where I do see a lot of merit in what Draymond Green is saying is the part where a player can say, or cannot say, rather, that I want to play for a different team publicly, mm-hmm. or say, like what Draymond did when he got fined when he was on TNT. He was like, hey, this player you know, shouldn't be on the team anymore. He should be on another team. He's an active NBA player. You can't say that. He got fined, right? So, mm-hmm. But a team can come out and say we're looking to trade this player mm-hmm. and we're, we're and our phones are on the line right now. But that player can't say, Hey, I'm, I'm listening for trade opportunities right now. Mm-hmm. And you could get into the whole argument of the employer versus employee. And that's just not the way the world works. Well, that's the way it's always been. And then also just real quick, Austin, and then I'll give right. it to you. Right. Um, and then also he brought up the, the Kyrie Irving mental health aspect. And he talked about how the, not having any control really other than free agency to where you end up or your family being planted in one spot is not really up to a player. Like free agency is really the only time that it's quote unquote acceptable for a player to make their own decision. But even still Kevin Durant got slaughtered for it. Now I know that Draymond and Katie haven't always seen eye to eye. I found that interesting that he didn't use that example in here, but he, he had a lot on his mind obviously and only had a limited amount of time to be able to put that out. But mm-hmm. the mental health aspect of a player not really being able to control his own destiny until every four years, and then you argue, well, he didn't have to sign for four years. Okay, well, you know, do you want guaranteed, you know, security for your job in a physically demanding field? <laughs> oh, and you can make the most money that you've ever made. No one would turn that down, right? right? Like Austin, you wouldn't turn down a promotion. Not, not in, a, in, a, in a. In the, not not even in the the realm of possibility, you know, and and that's something that fans like to do is is act like you know players aren't people too, and like mm-hmm. they aren't dealing with the same issues we are, and, and the one thing that I just doesn't really sit too well. It, it doesn't bother me. It's just interesting to think about. Is the league has protections for other teams talking about say you know like the Lakers saying we want Anthony Davis and they got they got fined and they got in trouble for tampering. But there's no protection when a team does it about their own players, which I mean I understand it. They're they're their players. They're contractually obligated to be a, an employee of, of that team. But at the same time, it's just I don't understand why they're so worried about teams talking about other teams' players, but not their own players. Like it should be one way or the other. I feel like. Just, yeah, and Draymond Green kind of spearheaded the change from using the word owner to uh, – I believe he wanted to use the word chairman, but then it ended up being governor. So even still, the quote-unquote uh, governors didn't want to fully give in to Draymond Green and be called chairman. They wanted to be called governors, right? right. So um, our, our buddy Mo says, I hate, you know, the well, he shouldn't have signed the contract argument. Y'all hit it on the head. So our, that's our VP at the network, Mo Murphy. Appreciate the support, man. But – yeah, there's a whole bunch of things that, like, well, I grew up this way, so the world should always spin the same same way it always has. Like, no, nah, that's, that's that's not what we call progress in uh, right. the sports world. But, um, awesome, we're going to take that segment that we just had. We have an awesome segue to the next one, and that is a guy that was mentioned in this. It was Andre Drummond, right? So we mentioned that he's being set. This is a mutually agreed upon uh, decision by all accounts that we have, you know, the information privy to our hands and our eyes to be able to, dissect and what's interesting is is that Andre Drummond is not really playing his best basketball he's not bad either and one thing I want to do real quick Austin is separate the two players that we're going to be talking about that are sitting out Andre Drummond there's a line of people who want his services especially if he's bought out the other guy right now it's going to be really hard to make a case for anybody really wanting to make any moves to get him but um, Austin, what are your thoughts right now on Andre Drummond sitting out until a, a deal is worked out? I mean, I, I would say in this instance, a player that's in a contract year, he's an expiring contract. You know, that's valuable to teams, regardless of of whether or not you are really looking for the player's services to put you over the top or not. And but also too, I think there's enough teams that think that he's he's possibly a missing piece or the missing piece that they need that, you know, this is a good thing for him. He, he, he's going to go most likely to a contender or a team that at least, you know, doesn't have another guy in his position that they feel is, is their future. Mm -hmm. So regardless, he's going to have a better chance to, to showcase his 
skills and ability if he goes to a team that just straight up just wants to play him more so he could, you know, could earn him a better contract or he's going to most likely go to a team that's that's chasing a, a ring and he could be you know all of a sudden he's an nba champion who's uh you know a free agent it looks pretty good now because he came in and helped helped whatever team go to the finals and, and maybe win the title. So I think in this instance that it's, it's a good thing for Andre Drummond. I think it's probably something that he's on board with. So I don't know why that was what really set off the whole thing with Draymond, but mm -hmm. you know, obviously it's, it's exciting to think about. And you, you just, I mean, even just Google Andre Drummond and the first thing is eight to 10 teams are interested in his services. So it's, it's definitely something that's going to shake up, you know, shake up the playoff picture potentially and and could i think has way more chance to be good for him than bad so yeah and i just want to point out that uh, what what i really think set off draymond was the fact that uh, you know andre came into the game he looked like he was dressed to play and then there's conversation mm -hmm. held on the sidelines and he was pulled back and he came back out in street clothes and that really rubbed on or excuse me draymond green the wrong way and then the rest mm -hmm. is history but here's what J.B. Bickerstaff is saying about the situation right now. He's saying sometimes you're forced into difficult positions. That's not easy to navigate. But in respect to Dre, that being, you know, Andre Drummond, and all that he's done and accomplished and as much as he's helped us, we thought this was the fairest thing to do for him. Mm -hmm. And uh, basically, again, this was around that Golden State game. You know, after the team met up with him and his agent and, and – Basically, what they did when they sat him was is that they called it rest, right? But um, mm -hmm. it, it's, again, it's a partnership. They're wanting to do what's best for them. They want to get a, a return on their asset. You know, if, if you're into calling players that, they want to bring in probably some sort of compensation, either a young player that they could have to build with their young core or a pick to where they can add a young player that way, right? And then, mm -hmm. like you mentioned, you know, Drummond can go to a team that would utilize the services with the playing tournament right now. There's what, 20 teams, two-thirds of the league are going to be in the playoff picture degree, and about half of those are interested in his services, right? So, right. and here's just a little bit about what uh, Drummond is doing, right? So his his contract hit right now is $28.8 million, Austin, but we know as the season has progressed, mm -hmm. what teams are actually going to pay him is significantly less than that, probably right. close to about $10 million fewer than that now, so that makes it even more valuable. Then they'll have his bird rights to where they can go over the cap to keep him, which is mm -hmm. for a lot of these, you know, high-end teams, they don't have a lot of cap space to be able to do something like that. So he's more valuable that way. And then, you know, they get a guy who's averaging 17 and a half points per game, 13 and a half rebounds per game, over a still on a block per game. Now he is at a career low in field goal percentage at 47.4%, but he's trying a lot of things that typically he he doesn't really ever try right off. Right. He, you know, I think the big knock on him is that he's he's what you would consider an uh, old school style, you know, post player that doesn't spread the floor and doesn't stretch the floor and can't shoot from out. So I'm sure he's he's, you know, kind of focused on that to an extent because we've seen him regularly lead, you know, either lead the league or be near the very top in, in field goal percentage. And everybody still kind of just dogged him for well, all he does is, is you know, catch that's, lobs that's. And, and dunk and rebound. And his he does seem it comes off as a stat pattern, but he's also never really been on a team that's had much chance to compete his most of his career. So you know it's hard in the way today's NBA is officiated and the way the rules are and the way the game is played. It's pretty hard for your best player to be a center and and to really you know compete. At, at deep in the playoffs and for titles, you know, there's very few guys that we talk about, you know, Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, and let's be honest, Andre Drummond's game is, is not the same as theirs. It's he just, he plays a different style of basketball, but to tell me that there aren't, you know, contenders or, or, that are, are really looking to make a push wouldn't be able to use a, a walking double, double, you know, who, if you play him, he's going to get, you know, 10 15 rebounds he's one of the best rebounders we've seen in a long time and so it's just you know i don't really worry about that field goal percentage stat too much because i think if he wanted to and if he was in the right situation they you know he'd say i'm going down low i'm gonna get offensive rebounds and catch lobs and do what i normally do and be just fine so i do think there's going to be quite a market for him plus the last time he was traded I don't think the return was 
too crazy high. So, uh, you know, uh, teams aren't going to have to give up huge assets that they really covet to try to, to get this guy. So that, that's another thing I think that is going to make this even more interesting. Well, you know what else is interesting, Austin, is a guy that isn't really doing any of those things right now at this mm-hmm. stage in his career. But there's hope that he can either be traded, which I think is like a maybe a 1% chance if I'm being mm-hmm. generous. And then if he's bought out, I think that his chances increase. But I'm curious to see, and this is a guy that when we did her preseason uh, player, NBA player tier rankings, you were pretty high and ambitious on, and I had to bring that up. I just wanted to. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, I, 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 I was, I was hopeful that we'd see the Blake Griffin from, you know, pre-injury, but it's, it's pretty obvious, you know, that the the injuries that he's had have have sapped him of, of what really made him special, which was his athleticism and his explosion. He has, you know, grown his game a little bit. He's, he's had games where he shot the ball. Well, you know, Blake Griffin, obviously his numbers are are way down. I think 12.3 points, 5.2 rebounds. He's he's not worth the giant contract that he's that he's currently being paid, but that's what makes a buyout market for him so intriguing to me is because you know, he's going to get at least a certain amount of his money for the year, and then a, a team can swoop in and, and get his services for very very little because, like you said, what what are teams going to be willing to give up on a trade market to take on that kind of contract, and what team can take on that big of a contract? There's not very many teams with with space in general, let alone even close to that kind of a number where they wouldn't have to give up something pretty, you know, significant on their roster. So, you know, I don't think I'm with you. I don't think there's a chance in the world that he, he gets traded before the deadline, but I I think he's a pretty uh, exciting name for the buyout market for sure. Yeah. And even still, I think it's reputation over production at that point. Mm -hmm. Right. So you touched on his points per game. You didn't mention that that's a career low. Uh, mm-hmm. You mentioned his rebounds per game. You didn't mention that was the second lowest in his career. Um, mm-hmm. He's also on his second lowest field goal percentage in his career, which right now is actually third worst among all players in the NBA who average over 30 points per game. I'd be really curious to see who the other two players are, by the way. Um, right. He's shooting 71% from the free throw line, which is the lowest since his third season in the league. He's shooting 31.5% from deep, which is the second mm-hmm. lowest since his fourth season in the league. And we mentioned so he's a he's a post player that that hasn't dunked in two years, uh, who can't shoot threes, who can't defend, who I believe is getting close to if not fewer rebounds than Steph Curry, and um, but he is a really good passer. He is a good passer at the post position. So I don't think that that's worth over seventy million dollars. Which speaking of seventy million dollars, Austin. Um, if you knew that you were never going to see $70 million again in your career, would you be in a hurry to give that up? Not at all. No. And it, it, it was kind of the same issue I brought up when, uh, um, the thing with Gordon Hayward was going on in the off season. Like I didn't think there was a team in the world that would pay him close to the, what that, you know, player option that he had was going to pay him. But I, I was wrong about that, but I, I don't think we're going to be wrong about this one here. I, I wouldn't be too excited about being bought out of my contract with two years left on it like that. Maybe next year, you know, maybe next year you get through this season. I mean, I don't know what the, the piss, what his hurry is necessarily. I don't, I doubt he has much of a hurry to get out of that contract if he has to. And I, I don't really know what the Pistons big hurry for that is. They're, they're, they're not going to, you know, really do anything huge or significant with the, the cap space that they would open up from this next year. But, but in two years, you know, they, their team could look a little bit different. They do have, you know, Jeremy Grant's been obviously a huge plus for them, but it, it's just, it's an odd situation unless he's just, you know, hell bent on getting out of Detroit, which would be the one thing that I think might be pushing this. So it's, it, it's from the player's perspective, it's, it's puzzling, but it, it could be fun if the right team, you know, is able to, to add him to their roster. Yeah. And even still, like, I don't know. If, uh, I mean, you would basically be paying what, like $2 million for the last name Griffin to be on a Jersey in, right. in your, in your concessions. Right. So and, and, uh, another big body, I guess, but he, like you said, he doesn't defend. He's having a bad year rebounding. He's, he can't really spread the floor uh, at all. He He's always kind of been that guy that, you know, was impressive. He was exciting to watch. Like he was dominant when he 
had the athletic advantage over everybody. But even when he came into the league, you know, how many ever years ago, he, he never really had moves. He, mm-hmm. he just was able to attack and jump over people and go by people. And he definitely can't do that anymore. And it shows. So, you know, a, a team that is, is feels like they're maybe one more piece away, but it's not something where they need to an, an absolute another star, you know, one of the top contending teams could, could see, you know, Hey, he's going to give us minutes and he's going to at least draw attention from the defense. Like you said, the last name Griffin on a Jersey, it wasn't that long ago that he was, you know, a threat on the offensive end. And he but did. It was an injury ago. True, true. But I still think just in the heat of the moment, if he's out there on the floor, you're going to, you know, at least have the defense is going to have that in mind. Whether or not that that actually is the case or not, I, I you know, remains to be seen. He's not, you know, it's not like saying a, a, a guy that just won the MVP two years ago is is available on the open market. Let's go get us, uh, you know, our third superstar, but he is a, a guy that could fill a hole for a team that just feels like they're, you know, one piece away. And I'm sure a lot of teams think that, Oh, we can revive his career. You know, he just, he did that there, but he won't do that for us. And, and, you know, that's a little bit probably, you know, self-centered thinking from a lot of teams, but I feel like most, most franchises in the NBA probably feel that way. Well, I know that one team, the Miami heat who, you know, hang their hat on their culture, can't really do that this season, so I don't know mm-hmm. what would make them think that they could do that. I could see right. it like a Phoenix who Chris Paul played with Blake, and they mm-hmm. seem to get along. I could see them throwing him a, a look, or Doc Rivers and Philly throwing him a look. But there's, I can't really imagine a lot of teams lining up to give him a shot. Maybe, maybe a, a homecoming reunion with the Clippers. I don't know. You know, they they could if if it's the right number. You know, for a buyout. Obviously, I'm not What's talking about minimum? a trade. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I mean, maybe, maybe then that'll, maybe it'll solve two, two problems. Maybe he'll get, he'll go back to the Clippers, you know, Kawhi and Paul George will lead them to their first ever, ever title. And then in a few years, they finally have a number they can retire because, you know, they're the only team without a retired number. So they can bring Blake Griffin back for that. I don't know, but you, you, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, it's not going to be some, you know, bidding war for his services by any means, but for the, the right team, I still think he could provide, you know, some value. I think that he would be like in the mentorship role at this stage of his career. But this is where we separated on him, you know, preseason where you, mm-hmm. you had high expectations for him. And I love Blake, but I mean, it. I mean, it's really I guess all they all they need to do is is you know have him ready for whenever they play the Lakers because he'll hit you know every three he takes against them, which is was, weird. He had a really good game against the Lakers, but Detroit overall did, and I think more of that had to do with his surrounding cast. And it right, and then the very next time they played a couple weeks later, I think he was halfway into the fourth quarter, and I don't think he had a point, and the, <laughs> Pistons, the Pistons were right in that game too, so who knows? Yeah. Well, speaking of people who can't shoot, we're going to move on to our favorite segment that we do here on Fridays, and that is pass or shoot. Yes. And uh, Austin, we have a couple of uh, topics that we're going to go over, and again, just to refresh those who have never listened to the break in the game show here on the nothing but net channel on dash radio what we do for mm-hmm. pass or shoot it's basically yes or no so if we like what the topic says we're going to shoot if we don't we're going to pass um, we did both segments when we had max von auken on which was a great show by the way please mm-hmm. go look yes, up it was. anywhere that you get your podcast and listen back to that that was a great show but um austin pass or shoot anthony davis should should sit out almost at a bad word should sit out for the remainder of the regular season i, I gotta pass that just, or I'm, I'm i'm sorry shoot it i'm all for it i i, I think that's a, a smart move you know i i don't think the the lakers are in any jeopardy of missing the playoffs or or missing out on potential home court advantage for the majority of the playoffs at least and one of the teams that they're they're probably not gonna the way things are looking and I mean, this is one that we we have next but i'm not 100 sure they'll have the number one seed in the west regardless and with his injury history I, I think it's smart to to rest him sit him down let him be completely healthy because this is part of the reason they went out and got all these guys in in the off season is so in case something like this happened so i i'm shooting it for sure i think it's a smart move considering he's had quite an injury history already yeah i'm can i can i pump fake I'm going to pump fake here. This is our show. We can do whatever we want. That's right. I have the microphone. You will listen to everything I have to say. So um, 
that's a wedding singer reference that I use all the time on the show for people who don't know where that's from. It's from the wedding singer. Go watch mm-hmm. that movie after the show. But um, I'm going to pump fake. I, I like the idea of sitting him out for the regular season. Me shooting really depends on what the defense is doing, meaning that it depends on what the Lakers get in the buyout market, right? So mm-hmm. if they're – or the trade, right? So if they're able to bring in, you know, a, a legit third banana who can't who does have the potential of being a second – you know, banana in the absence of one of the other guys that are ahead of him, right? I think that that makes a lot of sense. I would sit him until like April and then try to get him back into the swing of things and stuff like that. But I wouldn't sit him out for the entire rest of the regular season because this is a team that is still trying to build chemistry, Austin. Like, granted, they are second place in the Western Conference, but they still have trouble playing with each other, right? So if you sit him out the entire rest of the regular season you're going to get so used to a lineup and they're like okay well let's incorporate a star who's going to have a high usage rate high minutes per game and okay well mark gasol like you finally started playing better let's put you back on the bench or montrose Harrell, vice versa so that's where i'm at i i, I pump fake i'm gonna pass it though that's a, that's a that's a good point you know honestly i i didn't even really consider the the option that you know no, they, no, they don't have to sit him the whole rest of the season. But yes, they can sit him for most of it because you, you make a lot of good points. And he hasn't really lived up to to the expectations this new contract and what he did last year in the playoffs for a lot of people in general, anyway. So, you know, it may be a bad idea to sit him down that long. You make a good point for sure. I like yeah, it. And, it, and again, like who knows how long he's actually been hurt before the report came out. Right. He played through injury last season, right? And a mm-hmm. lot of people didn't really give him a lot of credit for that. All right, so right. next one, Austin. Pass or mm-hmm. shoot. The Utah Jazz finished the season with the NBA, not just the West, but the NBA's best record. I, I'm feeling like, you know, the late, great Kobe Bryant tonight. I'm shooting again. You know, I, I might shoot all of these tonight. We'll see. We've got one more, but I think they do. I think they're on a mission. I think they, you know, are one of the one of the few teams that's up near the top for best record that really has a lot to prove in their minds at least you know i don't think the lakers really it doesn't really matter to them too much if they finish with the, the best record and i do think it's going to come out of the western conference just because the east turned out to be quite a bit deeper and and better than i think a lot of people expected and they're kind of beating each other up it feels like so i'm, I'm shooting this one uh, again i i do think they'll they'll keep this rolling i don't know if necessarily quite at this clip but i, I do think they finish with the best record in the nba uh, I am going to shoot as well. So pump fake, and now I'm, I'm trying to get my shot in. So there you go. The injury to Anthony Davis, The we we all anticipate that even if it's not for the rest of the regular season, it's going to be for some extended period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, with that being said, the depth of the Lakers are now in question. I, I'm not worried about their postseason at all. I'm just speaking specifically regular season. Mm-hmm. Their depth is a little bit questionable now, especially on the front court. You know, they, they probably have to make a move now. This is something that we talked about earlier in the year whenever the Nets made that move for Harden. Do we feel that the net or that the Lakers need to make a move? And you and I kind of looked at it differently, but ultimately I felt like they needed to add a piece, right? So taking Anthony Davis away from the team that I feel still needs to add a piece, I think that hurts their chances a lot. Um, right. The the Nuggets are still trying to find their way that the Mavericks are playing better as of late. They're when I think they've won like the last seven of ten or something along those lines. So they're they're getting back into it, but they're so far back. The Phoenix Suns, uh, they're playing better. They still have a long way to go. The Clippers are really the only team down the road that I could see them challenging for this. But with the way that they rest certain players on their team, um, with you know how nagging injuries can can affect that team as well down the line. I just don't see any other team in the entire NBA pushing for such an accomplishment as finishing for as finishing with the best record in the NBA. I mean, this team feels like you know a few seasons back when the Atlanta Hawks were doing this with a bunch mm-hmm. of guys that that weren't really All Star quality, but they finished with the best. So about four of them were named All Stars. Mm-hmm. Three or two or three of them probably shouldn't have been. Right. But um, but what makes Utah special compared to that team? is that they do have a clearly defined all-star. They do have a bucket getter who can, in isolation, go and score points. They do have one of the best, if not the best, defensive player in the NBA on their team. They have outstanding three-point shooting on this team. We we agree that even before the season started, that Quinn Snyder was one of the more underrated coaches in the entire NBA. He's mm-hmm. one of the most ferocious, you know, 
relentless, tirelessly working uh, coaches in the entire NBA. It just feels like their time. Uh, I believe that they win like 20 of their last 21. And uh, they've had, I believe, a top seven um, record in, in, in terms of toughest. Whereas, you know, the Lakers have had, you know, bottom third in, in terms of how difficult their season has been. So I just think that they have the team. I think they have the dogs. I think they have the coach. And I think the rest of the West isn't really suited to try to make a push to, you know, surpass them. Well, dude, you're you're hitting the nail on the head tonight. You're saying everything that that I'm thinking, and I agree 100% with what you said again. And if you just look at the standings, you know, the only team in in the East that I think it would even maybe matter to would be Philadelphia. You know, Brooklyn doesn't it obviously isn't worried about finishing with the best record. Milwaukee's not fin- worried about finishing number one. They've seen what that's done for them two years in a row. Uh, the Lakers are the closest team record-wise to them, and like you said, Anthony Davis is probably going to miss some significant time, and they're it's not their number one goal. And then the Clippers are three and a half games back and they sit guys all the time. And then after that, it's, it's, you know, there's not really a, a legitimate, you know, you got your, for Portland, that. your Phoenixes, your, mm-hmm. your Denver's and all those San other Antonio, teams. San Antonio surprising team that we mm-hmm. need to talk about sometime soon. Right. But that, yeah. you know, San Antonio's in the, in sixth place and they have over twice as many losses right now. So I don't, I don't think there's much threat to it. And, and the jazz are, are motivated for sure. And they have the most cohesive team in the entire NBA mm-hmm. right now. Right, so that's, that's another point you make. That's awesome. Yeah. All right, so last point, Austin. Pass mm-hmm. or shoot. You're two of two right now. Um, Boston needs to panic. I feel like I'm lobbing you a softball here. Well, I'm 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 shooting it up again. I'm I'm catching that lob and, and dunking it on the alley oop. I, I can't dunk, but it's it's fun to imagine. So you know, I, I think they do. Right there, you go on 2K. You can. That's that's why I like video games. Good call. Uh, but you know they do need to panic. I think. I think that there's two or three teams just in the Eastern Conference that are significantly better than them at this point. And and Kemba Walker has shown to be kind of that the weak link for them. I think. I think they're expecting that to be him to be like the third guy in their big three, and he's just not not been that up to this point and the way they're constructed right now and the way they're playing and the fact that uh you know um tatum just came out and said he's still feeling effects from from having covid are all things that i think should panic the boston celtics and their fans and i think they they are one of the teams that's most in need of making a move here by the trade deadline so if they do then the panic meter goes way down if they if they can make a solid move but right now i would panic if i was a a celtics fan for sure yeah, and I'm right there with you. Uh, I'm shooting, so I've only passed once. I feel like my shooting is getting up there. I've always been an assist guy, by the way, Austin. But um, you know, you're great. At Boston, it. I appreciate it. Boston is a team that you know that I have a lot of uh, affection for. I don't really have a favorite team, but if I did, they would be in contention for that. Um, I think it's also worth mentioning that um, Marcus Smart has been injured for quite some time, and since he has not been on the team, they haven't mm-hmm. looked the same on both sides right. of the ball. Surprisingly, um. They're, they're having Tatum and, and Brown play a lot of hero ball. They don't really do a lot of ball movement. I mean, we just got done talking about a Utah team that can't not pass the ball. I, I think that they pass the ball seven times each possession. Right. Ball. I think, you know, a player on the Celtics will have seven dribbles each possession, right? So mm-hmm. it's uh, it's one of those things to where, you know, Kimball Walker is another guy that's been injury prone. He's undersized. He can't do it defensively. Surprisingly, offense on the offensive side of the ball, He's mm-hmm. been playing well as of late. It just hasn't really been translating. All three of these guys, for whatever reason, just can't be on the same page every night, and that's what you need to be able to compete. Uh, they're hovering at 500 right now in the Eastern Conference, which, again, there's a lot of teams that are resting or sitting players, injured players, um, newly constructed teams, and Boston is one of these teams we just got done talking about. Utah, they're largely the same team. They just took out Gordon Hayward and didn't do anything with that asset except trade except a, a trade exception, the largest in NBA history that is yet to be used. So I think that it's time to panic. And by panic, I mean, use that trade exception. Danny Ainge yeah. should not sleep until he gets some sort of a deal worked out. Like, hello, Andre Drummond. Would you come and play basketball for the Boston Celtics? Right. Or, hello, LaMarcus Aldridge. I know that you don't like playing in San Antonio anymore. Do you want to come play with the Boston mm-hmm. Celtics? Like, somebody please come and play with us, right? So that's where I'm at with that team. Well, three years in a row, you know, or, or maybe not exactly three years, but three times now, they they lost Kyrie Irving to free agency. They lost 
um, Gordon Hayward for that trade exception and Al Horford left for nothing. So, you know, no team can really withstand those kind of losses without really getting anything in return. And that's why so often you see teams, you know, sell early or, or trade a guy when they think that he's not going to resign or, or, you know, maybe get cents on the dollar sometimes in a trade because at least they're getting cents and not zero. And so I'm with you. You know, I think Boston is currently constructed is, is at best as a second round, out in the playoffs and those three guys just seem like they maybe overlap a little bit too much and i don't think there's any reality where brown or tatum gets moved so it, it looks like kemba <laughs> walker's probably the odd man out if if they do want to make you know a significant move like that so i i would panic for sure yeah and again it's not that kemba's not producing it's just that mm-hmm. he makes too much money to be the third option that like you mentioned has kind of a a redundant skill set compared to like a, a Tatum and a Brown and Brad Stevens. We both love him. We both think that he's a great coach. He's not really showing a lot of creativity this season for whatever reason. Like last season, very creative with his lineups and his schemes and things like that. But this year it's kind of just been hero ball. And that doesn't mm-hmm. really work out a whole lot in the NBA. If you have right. so many goals, but you know, you made one good point that Marcus smart, you know, obviously a key guy, your glue guy, you know, I love the term. He is. He's the ultimate glue guy. So he comes back and they go on a little bit of a streak. You know, that panic meter could go way down really quick because they do have a lot of talent on that team. So things can change quickly. Yeah, they sure can. And with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap up today's show. Austin, it's just so great to have you back, man. I missed you being on the show. And uh, it's great to have you back again, brother. Yeah, I'm happy to be back. I was sad that I had to miss, you know, Valentine's Day weekend is a busy time in in my line of work. So it went well, you know, nothing to worry about it. Anybody that missed me, I I appreciate you even noticing that I wasn't here. Steven and Jerg always do an awesome job of making us look look amazing when I'm not here. So um, I am, I appreciate the kind words. I'm happy to be back and it's been a lot of fun and another great episode, I think, man. Yeah, absolutely. Again, glad to have you back in Jerk. Shout out Thank to you, man, for coming in. Yes. You're, you're always our designated hitter, our pinch hitter. I'm not a baseball guy, so I hope I use at least one of those terms correctly. But um, yeah, Jerk, shout out to you, man. Uh, and thank you for you know backing me up and making me look good here on the show, Austin. But for, sure. for um, that, like like we said, that wraps up today's show. Just be able to just be sure to be able to tune in Monday when we um, go live on Dash Radio, and then you know we'll be back again later on next week and we'll have more great NBA news to discuss here on the show. Yeah. We've got uh, a lot of all-star news to talk about by then. I'm sure, I'm sure that's going to be the big focus. So I look forward to that. That's right. But for everybody here on the breaking the game show, which is me, Austin, and sometimes jerk for the nothing but net channel on dash radio, you can catch us here every Monday and Friday at 6 PM Eastern 3 PM Pacific. I just want to encourage you guys to go to off which is where Austin and I, both put um, articles up and I will have a Jeremy Grant piece up here real soon. So Very nice. log in and go check that out. Um, but for off the ball network for breaking the game for the nothing but that channel on that radio for just the game of basketball at large, man, we're everywhere. We just appreciate everyone's uh, love and support and tuning in. We'll catch up with you guys next time. Much love everybody. Have a good one. <laughs>